0: Hello and welcome. You're listening to Midweek in the Word, Sunday Recap. My name's Jennifer Huber, and I'm the Communications Director at Faith Bible. Each week, I'm going to sit down and speak with Pastor Brad about the message we heard on Sunday and a forward look to what we have coming up next week. Through casual conversation, we will explore additional thoughts to the text, additional ways to prep for the coming Sunday. And not only that, we're going to grow in our love and understanding and knowledge of God's Word now let's jump to the conversation well happy thanksgiving
1: yeah you too i'm looking forward to it
0: thank you i love thanksgiving it is my favorite holiday so are the myers traveling for thanksgiving or does everyone come in your direction this year we
1: we are traveling uh we'll be headed back to alma which is where my in-laws are from and celebrating thanksgiving there for a few days and then turning around and coming back uh for sunday obviously
0: what is your favorite thanksgiving food
1: Oh man. So I had to
0: guess are you a stuffing kind of guy? Oh, no
1: no no. I'm not nope. a huge stuffing fan. I like, okay. uh not a huge stuffing fan. I also it's going to sound sacrilege, right? But I also prefer ham to turkey for Thanksgiving. Yeah. I don't you've dabbled. I like dark meat. I don't like the light meat for for turkey. I I've, I've never tried the whole fried turkey thing. I don't want to blow up my house. Yeah. You know, so I've never gone there. Um but favorite food it prob- probably probably it'd be pie, like pumpkin pie okay. for dessert because about the only time I ever make pumpkin pie is at thanksgiving time yep and i'm a huge i mean mostly i'm a fan of cool whip yeah. but i enjoy some pumpkin pie with my cool whip okay so. so
0: not homemade whipped cream you like the good old greasy tub out of the freezer I,
1: yep yep i'm lowbrow that way <laughs> <You> <laughs> are, i'm not very sophisticated you are a true nebraska
0: boy <laughs> it's true. It is true i love it well i'm giving me the mashed potatoes all day long
1: really yeah okay so is it like a modified thing yep. or is like what do, you, what do you put in them
0: oh well philip my husband who's listening, hopefully. Close your ears, because he doesn't like <laughs> cheese. Um, cream cheese, butter, and half and half. Man, you're making me hungry. How yeah. many days away are we? I was <laughs> <laughs> just going to say, we're getting close, but we're not quite there yet. But more to it, I'm really excited to spend time with my family and just reflect on um, just the blessings that God's given us. You know, life is hard, but yeah. God is gracious even in amongst the heart. And so I'm excited to to not only just dive in with the food, but dive in with my family and friends. Okay, so Pastor Brad, yesterday you went over chapter 9 yes. in 1 Corinthians.
1: Yeah, the first the first half at least.
0: Yeah, we got through that. And I will just say what an excellent message that was. Um, you broached a lot of subjects that were, you did it well, is what I'll say. And I, I walked away encouraged as a listener in the, and um, was, was convicted on many points. Would you give us a quick recap, so maybe those that missed it or um, those of us that could benefit from hearing it again. (laughs) Would you give us a recap of your message?
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. It was, it was interesting. Like last week wrestling with chapter eight, I really, really struggled how to organize it and how to present it. Ironically, this week, it was fairly straightforward, you know, how to outline it and things like that. It seemed it seemed to come together very quickly in the week, um, but the, the topics were obviously a little bit challenging. Um, we we covered the first 14 verses of chapter 9, where Paul continues his discussion about rights and freedoms in the church. He uses himself as an example uh, for them and basically lays out the rights and freedoms that he has deferred uh, for the sake of the Corinthian church. And so basically, we had we had three points for Sunday's message. First, we talked about the uh, how Paul celebrates the rights that he has in Christ and how we should follow that model and celebrate the rights that we have in Christ, uh, which means taking time to consider, like, what are the benefits? What are the benefits of not being under the Old Testament law and not having some of those aspects? In, um, but also the weight and responsibility is of recognizing the gift that we've been giving and living with wisdom and prudence uh, with biblical um, understanding as we make these decisions about things that aren't clear cut from scripture and delineating some of those things as well. Then we said we also need to submit our rights to God's word, So when we have a question about what are we supposed to do, how are we supposed to handle a situation, uh, though there may not be a thou shalt or thou shalt not in Scripture, we should search the Scriptures and say, what are the principles that should inform how we go about this, what sort of decisions we make and where we go. So we need to submit our opinions, our rights, our freedoms uh, to the Word of God, first and foremost. And then lastly, and kind of the the crux of it, where he got into in chapter 12 was Paul's example of how we should surrender our rights for the mission. Um, Paul's words there, I thought, were just so... So convicting for me as well, right? Nevertheless, we have not made use of this right. We have the right to be paid. We have the right to be married. We have the right to all these things, but we've not made use of these rights. But we endure anything rather than put an obstacle in the way of the gospel of Christ. And I think that is just so critical that like the reason we've been given freedom in Christ is to submit our freedom and our liberty for the sake of the mission, right? The mission is more important than us holding on to our rights, and I think that puts everything into perspective. It's not that we don't have liberty in Christ. It's not that we you know everything I mean, sometimes people have this opinion of Christianity that it's like all these lists of do's and don'ts. and yeah. You know, all these things that restrict your life. That's not really Christianity. Right. I mean, God lays out commands, but they're for human flourishing. Like they're 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 to make our lives in keeping with obedience to him rather than sin that ultimately leads to death and destruction and pain in our lives. And so God lays this stuff out. And then by giving us the spirit, he gives us a lot of freedom to make decisions about the way we live and the decisions we make. And they're to be guided by biblical principles and there to be sacrifice for our brothers and sisters in Christ and also for the sake of the mission. And that's that's a hard thing for us in, in in western cultures I think especially to recognize that we're like got to hold on to my rights at all costs. Right. And and the Bible presents a very different way to look at freedoms and rights than what is maybe our intuitive response as Americans in the 21st century. And that's
0: great. One of the things you were saying there kind of reminded me of It's true. I I've, I've had conversations with non-believers that have said, "Well, I just look at God as this father who has all these rules and and you know, he he created us, gave us all these rules, and then okay, go live your life. But mm-hmm. what you painted a picture of was that God created these rules and these had had given us these rights for our good. Yeah. Whereas I look at my children, yeah, <laughs> they may want to do something, but they can, but it's not going to be beneficial for them. And so, yeah,
1: exactly right. And and that's the illustration, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's similar to what you would do if you were to. I don't know, give your, give your child a BB gun or something right. or for Christmas. And you're like, right. okay, well, part of the rules for living with this BB gun is you don't point it at your sister's face, you know, right. and you don't right. pump it up too many times and you don't yep. do, and you're not giving those rules to constrain their behavior. You're not doing those things. And you're like, oh, I'm a parent. I can make rules for my yes. kids. You're yes. doing those things because you don't want them to get hurt.
0: And you know, the outcome that they don't know. And I think yeah. so many times I think, what is God doing behind the scenes that we cannot see? And we just have to trust.
1: Yes. 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 And that's, that's God's mindset behind it. And so that, that really is a very different way to look at it when we're like, I want, I mean, my kid really does want to touch the hot pan on the stove. Like they think that is going to make them happy in the moment. I'm like, I assure you when you do that, you're going to be dissatisfied with your decision. And, and I I think of that being very similar to the way God Mm -hmm. approaches. He's like, I, I designed you, I made you in my image. I know what's going to result in your ultimate happiness it's a relationship yep. with me and obedience to what i've called you to do yep. and we're like no i think i'd rather go eat from that tree
0: right you know i right. think
1: i'd rather go engage in that sinful activity yeah. because i think that's what's going to make me happy
0: and i'll be different than the other guy right? oh yeah exactly that it won't, won't happen, happen,
1: happen to me, to me. <laughs> exactly yeah.
0: exactly yeah but often uh, it does happen <laughs>
1: It's weird how well, God speak knows from these experience. things. Yeah.
0: yeah. If you could have done five more minutes on a particular area Sunday, is is there something that spoke to you that you didn't get to?
1: Mm. Well, well, the predominant one that the, the point, the third point, is kind of what I feel like got short shortchanged a little bit. This idea of of surrendering our rights for the sake of the mission, you know, sure. of like go therefore and preach the gospel of the nations. You know, I mean that that idea is really why Paul the lays mission. down his rights. the
0: overall mission. Yeah, right, yeah, the, the Great
1: Commission, like, and because that's Paul's point, like. To, to not put any obstacle in the way of someone understanding the gospel. Sure. Um, but I probably don't want to go into that too much more because we're going to do the second half of chapter 9 this week, and that's going to be all about it. Okay. Uh, Paul's going to make the statement, and I'm maybe pulling the punch here a little bit and getting ready for the next one, but he's going to make the statement, like I've become all things to all people, that I might win some, you know, like I yeah. might save some, like that I'm doing this for the sake of the gospel mission. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Um, but as far as last week, um, probably the thing that I felt was the most, most relevant for people, at least today to understand is to try and identify rights and freedoms we have, you know? So on that first point, that idea of celebrating our rights in Christ is, is recognizing what is prescribed in sure. scripture versus what isn't prescribed in scripture. Okay. And I think, I think that's a, a worthwhile consideration for most people because we have a tendency, um, to air one of we we go to extremes you know like we tend to do in most things right some some tend to go to the extreme of basically they make everything in scripture basically a suggestion you know yeah. love one another you know if it's convenient you know if yeah. somebody comes across your path then go ahead and love them but like that neg- be nice
0: but they're, if they're negative people then just let them go yeah then just don't don't they're talk toxic. to them anymore yeah. you know
1: what i mean like okay no 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 like okay the the word says love sacrificially regardless of how they respond for their good not yours
0: like mm-hmm.
1: command it Love one another, you know, and that's a must. Um, And delineating that from the must nots that we talked about, like there are certain things that are prohibited. Well, we also want to soften those. And we're like, well, I know God said don't do this, but what if I get really close, you know, or what if I just kind of do it? Or what if I only do it once in a while, you know, Mm -hmm. like, no, that's justifying sin. Like scripture says, don't do it. Don't yeah. do it. Like, it's not a matter of how close can I get to the line, yeah. right? And so sometimes we want to blur that line. We want to make everything a suggestion, as if the Word isn't, strictly speaking, commanding us to do and to not do things.
0: Well, and you even said that on Sunday a little bit. Like, take we like to take a little bit of what the Word said says and a little bit of what the world says. Yeah, bingo. And we like to make our own little mantra.
1: Bingo. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. and And it's just... Yeah, we, we, we rip passages out of context and yeah, we, we make often. things say things that they don't say and, and we do some sort of things and we hang a nice mantra on the wall and, yeah. oh, okay, that means this. Yeah. And that's not always what the, the point of the text is, no. you know, and we're getting ourselves into trouble by we're trying to not have to obey mm-hmm. what scripture is clearly laid out. But on the other hand, there is a tendency to take scripture and make it say things that it doesn't. Yeah. You know, to say more than it actually says. it's it's funny, we've been doing a, a class on how to study the Bible okay. uh, for teachers on Sunday morning during the second hour. We're just getting ready to wrap it up. And one of the tools that we've been teaching people is the idea of not saying more or less than what the text is saying. Yeah, and it's that idea, the illustration that one of the teachers uses uh, for that class is um, it, it's like it's like the oath you take when you're getting ready to to, to share in court, right? Yeah, Pro with the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Yeah, right. So like we don't want to say more uh-huh. and we don't want to say less. And so there's there's some of us that want to say more as well than the text is actually saying. We want to make everything we see in Scripture prescriptive.
0: Yeah. As
1: if, okay, well, Paul's writing about this, so therefore you have to agree with my opinions on food loss.
0: Well, and really sc- kind of squishing down your personal bents and opinions. Yeah. Because that will feed into it a lot.
1: Yeah. And and so we read things a certain way, so we assume everyone must agree with the way we read things. Well. Again, what I'm not asking you is we soften the clear commands of scripture. Thou shalt, thou shalt not. Absolutely. I made a comment on Sunday that we that we don't wanna bind the conscience anywhere, that, we, that scripture doesn't bind the conscience. That's the idea of like, when I say yeah. love one another, that's a command. I'm binding your conscience. Mm-hmm. I'm saying God hath said, you know, that's <laughs> sort of like old, old language, right? God simple. said this. Your conscience doesn't have yeah. flexibility on this. Yeah. But recognizing when God hasn't said, strictly speaking, which is what's going on here, right? Mm-hmm. God has said that all food is okay, but God has also said that idolatry is wrong. But then what do you do? Well, I can't go to a text to tell you precisely what to do. I can give you biblical principles. We're going to talk about both sides of this argument as we work through chapter, you know, the rest of chapter 9 and chapter 10. Or, or it's like some of the examples we used. you know, the idea of schooling our kids. Where do we send them to school? There's biblical principles, That's but there's no verse you can go to that says, thou shalt homeschool your kids or send them to private school or send them to public school. There's good reasons for all those things. And there's bad reasons for all those things as well. Yeah, or drinking or COVID, yeah. you know. And so recognizing this category of may and learning that like we should have dialogue as believers. Like, okay, let's just set the ground rules. Scripture doesn't tell me where to send my kids. And you're like, okay, well, but I think this principle would inform it. Well, good. And I'm like, well, I think this principle informs. And that's a healthy edifying conversation between the two of us. If you're not saying God's word is said, and I'm not saying God's word is said, and anybody that doesn't agree with me isn't a Christian. Like that's where we get ourselves. Like we take our opinions and we ratchet them up and we make everything a must. Yeah. I'm like, no, scripture doesn't actually say that.
0: And it feels like everything today is that. Yeah. Every area of our life.
1: Yeah, we we absolutize it to the point that it's like um, when we start making our identity about those sort of things, that to disagree with me is to undermine who I am. We get ourselves in a really, really dangerous territory when we absolutize everything that way. I want to stand firm on the word and say what God has said, but I want to be very, very clear when it's my opinion or my interpretation rather than what God's word has actually said. And those are different things. Like, we, we have to be careful. And this is nuanced. It's not always easy to discern um, some of these sort of things. So, like, for instance... You'll you'll find yourself reading in the book of Acts, you know, and you're seeing what the early church looked like. Well, how much of that dictates how we do church, and how much of that is just an example of a description of the way the church operated in the first century? There's going right. to be different believers that are going fall into different places there. You know, it's like all of our houses or all of our churches supposed to look like house churches that right. are in homes and things like right. that. I, I don't think that's what it's saying, right. but there's some that kind of go there. Mm-hmm. But to absolutize it to that point is is taking something that isn't a prescription and making it a prescription, and that's a that's a scary place to be.
0: Okay, so can you give us a practical application of this? Because I hear a lot of red flags in my own life, if we're no. being honest, of mm-hmm. things that we we all probably have times where we get a little too heavy-handed with what we are saying God is saying mm-hmm. when he's not saying that in his word. So how can we, even as believers, like on a Sunday morning, When I think back to a couple of Sundays ago you said, you know, The first thing people are going to see when they walk in is they're not going to hear your preaching first. They're going to see how we love. Yeah. So in light of that and looking to that big picture, how do we practically apply this kind of um, measuring stick into our conversations? Mm.
1: Yeah. Okay, so, so... T- take your example of okay, you're walking in on a Sunday morning. Yep. You know what what are your priorities? You know, like can you go to can you go to a verse in scripture and it says okay, when you walk into church on a Sunday morning, right? When you join the congregation, you should do this first. Well, no, I mean, there's nothing like that, right? There's no, there's no things like that. And yet, you know, okay, greet, greet one another with a holy kiss, which obviously isn't actually a kiss. That's not, it's not prescribing. That's a culturally contextual, like You're welcome right. one another. You know, right. it's that Romans 15 that sort of idea. Yeah. Yeah. Have an affection and a care for other people, you know, and it talks about bearing one another's burdens and, and loving one another and things like that. So what that means is from the moment you walk into church, your, your church engagement is not being scripted. You know, scripture doesn't tell you, you need to do this and then you need to do this and then you need to do this. You know, there's some, there's a lot of principles, you know, there's a lot of principles that go into it. Do I, you know, after, after service, do I, do I go and serve in a ministry or do I attend a class or do I, you know, I mean, there's a lot of different things that you could do that would be edifying. But the question is like, is my motivation for that informed by biblical principle? Is it about pleasing myself Hmm. or is it about helping someone else? Hmm. You know, like if I go to a class, great. But is it all about my own head knowledge or am I going to a class so that I'm better equipped to love and serve other people? Okay, so let's say I don't go to a class and I go serve somewhere. Am I doing that because I want to feel special and I want to feel like I've done my due diligence for the church or am I doing that because I care for the kids and I want to invest in their lives and things like that? And so, like, it doesn't prescribe every activity, but if we ask ourselves the questions, like, am I doing this for the good of others and for the glory of God? Or am I doing this just to please myself? You know, I, I think that's a question we have to ask ourselves as, as we walk in, especially on Sunday morning. And, and okay, is this, is this all about my comfort? Well, what, well, what if the coffee's cold? Right. What what if the coffee's colder if they're out of coffee on this Sunday morning? Well, is it about me or is it about them? You know, I have the choice in that moment and I have, maybe you could make the argument. I think you'd have a hard time, but maybe you could make the argument. You've got the right to have hot coffee on Sunday morning. Okay. That may be a little bit of a stretch, but let's even assume that we gave you that, that in our culture, that's a right you have. Like, who would you be laying that right down for? Like, who are you going to tear down? by criticizing that? Who are you gonna hurt by being upset about that? Um, And we could go off to any number of different things related to our comfort. You know, when when our idols are threatened and when one of our idols is comfort, which I think it is mostly in our culture, Mm. uh, we tend to get very defensive. We tend to get very upset because things aren't done the way I feel like they should be done for me. Well, that's a scary, that's a scary, scary mindset to have. And so just remembering that that we're here to serve others, we're not here just to edify ourselves is really critical on a Sunday morning Other rights you have, you've you've got the right to dictate what you do with your time over the course of the week. You know, I can't tell you um, a faithful Christian serves this many hours over the course of a week. A faithful Christian has their friends and neighbors over for dinner once a week. You know, I mean, like I can't tell you any of that sort of stuff. Right. But I can tell you what the biblical principles are. You know, I can tell you that we're called to uh, uh, to love our neighbors. Right. We're we're called to be salt and light. We're we're called to all these sort of things. I can put these out as principles. Ultimately, you've got the freedom to do whatever you want with your, with your calendar and with your time and commit to the things you want to commit to and not commit to other things. But I can tell you, I, I know a lot about what the priorities are in your life by looking at your calendar and, and by telling, you know, looking at what you're spending your time on. We can, we can be very neurotic about it and we can be like so concerned that we've got to like have every minute redeemed. Yeah. And that's not, I, I, don't, I don't think that's the goal. Like, I, I don't think that's the goal of freedom in Christ is to be like so consumed with am I, am I maximizing every possible moment of my day that I can't just spend time with God and I don't have the margin to, to care for people if I get a phone call from somebody that needs that. But on the other side, like if, if we don't care at all what we're doing with our calendar and we just do whatever's comfortable or we you know, suffer from fear of missing out and so we don't commit to anything ever, and you know, there's, there's definitely ditches on both sides of it. Um, but it plays itself out in that, like recognizing that I have the right and I have the flexibility to make these decisions. God's given me that, but so do my brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah, if they absolutely. choose not to spend their time the same way I choose to spend my time, that's between them and the Lord, right? The Lord is their master, not me. I might speak something. I'm like, well, this principle seems to be lacking in your life, but ultimately, I can't say definitively because I can't bind their conscience. To go back to that terminology, say, "Thou shalt spend a week and a, you know an hour a week evangelizing your neighbor." Right. Well, that's not really prescribed in Scripture,
0: right? And this this all sounds really good. I, I the critical part of me is thinking, how do we become self aware? Though, mm. how many of us walk around? shaking our head right now saying yes absolutely pastor brad preach that when yep. the reality is we're the ones that need to hear it the most yeah where does that self-awareness come in
1: yeah and i that is where we need other people like we're yeah. all blind to our own area of weakness that is that is the place of christian community what, going back to what, the
0: community again yeah right, right? We're, we're right back to
1: small groups and yep. faith life and this yep. whole discussion right but what 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 the Corinthian church was getting off on is they were all sharing their opinions, absolutized opinions, not for the love of each other, yeah. right? That's ultimately Paul's big, they were broken as a church because they were loveless as a church. Yeah. We're going to get to that when we get to chapters like 12 and 13, especially in First Corinthians. But a, a kind, loving word of rebuke <laughs> adds a little perspective. Kind. Yeah, exactly. Loving. Right. Like it's like exactly what you find in Proverbs. Like chapter 27 of proverbs verse six faithful are the wounds of a friend profuse are the kisses of an enemy you know it's like we we will accept hard words from a friend if we know they're spoken in love and kindness whereas we struggle even the nicest things from somebody that's our enemy and like that's the crux of the issue like do do you have the other person's interests at heart but what the christian community can do isn't absolutizing give you the answer to everything every area of christian freedom and what the holy spirit is convicting you to do What they can do is they can provide perspective, other perspectives on it where they can say, like, this is the way you're spending your time. I just, I don't know if that's the best use of your time. And too often we get defensive about that and we get really prescriptive with everybody else, right? Like, as opposed to being like, I can't tell you exactly how to live your life in these sort of details. I can tell you what, where scripture is clear, but I'm going to hear you out. Like, I want to hear where you think I may be off base because we all tend to be blind to our own blindness. And the areas that we're weak and the and the blind spots we have. It's it's one of those things like, do you have anybody in your life that you could show your budget and your calendar to mm. and say, Ooh. What do you think? You know, am I on, am I off? Like
0: that's that's some vulnerability.
1: It's a lot of vulnerability.
0: Wow. Like, yeah.
1: But then it recognizes that we have weak spots, like and we're not seeing everything hundred percent clearly all the time because of sin. Like if we all were perfect, it wouldn't be an issue. We'd all agree.
0: Yeah, and I keep coming back to Something you said a little bit ago, and you probably said it Sunday as well, was when you're approaching them in love, you're you're helping them grow. And that's the point of the church gathering, is to encourage and help each other grow in Christ. And when I'm reminded of that, growth is not comfortable. No. Ever. I've never known anything, whether you're training for a marathon and growing in your skills, or if you're learning a new hobby or... You're a kid growing. You have growing pains. Yeah. And thank you for sharing that. Thank you for opening the text truthfully to what it says because it's hard to look at each other and look at fellow believers and and know we're not always representing our best selves, even mm-hmm. on a Sunday morning.
1: Yeah. And, and you know, if I can speak to the opposite side, like it's hard to take that sort of word. Mm-hmm. It's also really hard and it's really vulnerable to give that sort of a word. Yes. And, like, there's some of us that probably lean toward doing that and saying the things. And then there's some of us that really struggle because we're like, well, what if they don't like it? Well, there's a word there for both of us. Like for those of us that are are too intimidated to say something challenging to a brother or sister, ultimately that's self-serving. Like we're more worried about our reputation than we are about that person. And then for those of us that are on the side of always being willing to say something, well, scripture also says, bear one another's burdens. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to bring up that issue and you're going to criticize something, you're doing it. If you're doing it for their good, you're going to walk through it with them. That's right. Like some of us like to just drop a truth bomb, let it go off, and then we don't care about the person. I've said my piece. I've spoken in truth, and I don't have to worry about it. Yep. Others of us are like I don't want to say anything because I, I'm going to. I want to stay in relationship with that person. Yeah. Well, both approaches are are kind of wrong. Like stay in the relationship and speak the truth. Right? Ephesians five, speaking the truth in love, or literally the translation there is truthing in love. As you nice. truth, that's the verb love. And we tend to either be one or the other. We're like I'll drop my truth and then I'll leave you by yourself, or I'll love you so much that I don't want to say the the truth. Neither is really a truly biblical approach.
0: Okay. I want to move forward to mission, Mission Mm mission-minded. You tease that we're going to finish up chapter nine.
1: We are the rest of chapter nine.
0: And um, go for it. Lay it out for us. What should we look forward to for Sunday?
1: This, This was kind of a hard one because I knew looking at chapter nine, I knew I couldn't cover all... 30 or 27 verses in one week. There's just too much. So I knew I had to divide it up. So I, I broke it there at verse 14. So we're going to cover verses 15 through 27 the rest of this week. But it's really a continuation of Paul's thought, right? The whole thing starts in verse 15 with, but, which is an indication, right? That he's expounding on that point. Like he's doing a contradiction, but I have made no use of any of these rights, nor am I writing these things to secure any such provision. So Paul makes it really really clear what that what he's he's not, trying he's, to do. he's not trying to he's not trying to extract money from them. Yeah. This whole thing has just been an example to help them understand why we lay down our rights. And in verses 15 through 27, Paul really drives at the point that like our motivation and our method for missions like he's like, how do we lay down our rights and our preferences for the sake of those people we're trying to hit with the gospel? And and I love, and I just encourage you to read that section in anticipation of Sunday's message. But Paul's Paul's like comments right in the middle, I think, are really poignant. He says, "For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them." Right? I'm free; I could do this, but instead, I've chosen to be a servant to you, to the Jews. I became a Jew in order to win Jews. To those under the law, I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became weak, that I might win the weak, right? I become all things to all people, that by all means, I might save some. I think that's the crux of it. Like, what are we sacrificing? What are we laying down? as believers, as a church, that we might win some, that we might save some, that we might connect the gospel to some people's lives. And he really just drives at that point. So I'm excited. I, I want to lay out some of why we do missions the way we do at church, why Mike and the missions team has framed things up the way we do, why we give to the areas that we give to, things like that, that really support this idea of this is how we go about things. Like we don't, superimpose our way of doing things on people we try and we try and bring the truth and the clarity of the gospel message into their culture to share with them for the hope of winning some of them to Christ and i'm i'm excited so
0: me too well how about we just do the sermon right now
1: I, if it was ready <laughs> i would i would be okay giving it to you right perfect. now
0: perfect well, thanks, Pastor Brad. Thanks for sitting down with me. And uh, I do hope the Myers have a great Thanksgiving. We And will. you have safe travels. And uh, we look forward to the message on Sunday.
1: Thank you. You as well. We we'll look forward to it.
0: Thanks for listening to Midweek in the Word Sunday Recap. This is a production of Faith Bible Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. We'll be back next week with a new recap and a forward look to our Sunday sermon. Make sure to like and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. We leave you with this encouragement out of 1 Corinthians one nine. God is faithful by whom you were called into the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. We'll see you next week as we sit down with Pastor Brad for another episode of Midweek in the Word, Sunday Recap.